naimbat obigat kada kayo amin kagayom kan kakabsad siya ni Chachi may sana host ito ay na podcast for reclaiming Filipino identity translation good morning everyone good morning friends my name is Chachi and I am one of the hosts for reclaiming Filipino identity today on season 4 episode 2 I have invited Danny Domingo Jr. to speak with us today and to share his narrative with us especially growing up as a Filipino not only in the island of Hawaii but on Maui and moving to Oahu for college and as I was having this conversation with him we dive in a little bit about language and we talked about the controversy that happened like august july the word barcada and his opinions on it we also uh, talked about any personal struggle that he had especially embracing his cultural identity with also how he saw his own cultural heritage from before and now and moving along what does it mean for him to reclaim his own Filipino identity but with that said I really think that you guys will enjoy and take a lot from his narrative especially because he is someone who is a rising a pre-med major who aspires to give back to the community not only our Filipino community but where he grew up which is especially in Maui and here in Oahu and I think that's a really great thing especially um, for him as someone who will be graduating soon and hopefully by spring 2021 And with that said, I know that he will go over his uh, brief introduction, but I just wanted to mention that he is also the president for the Timpuyo Ilocano Student Organization here at University of Hawaii at Manoa. So that's a little tidbit for you guys. And with that said, I will go I will go ahead and let you guys listen to the conversation of our podcast for today. Thanks. With that said, um, could you please introduce yourself, your profession, pronoun, and what waves of migration are you? And feel free to tell us a little bit about who you are, um, what you like to do for fun, and what have you been doing this quarantine? My name is Danny Domingo Jr. I'm from Maui. I was born and raised there. I'm a pre-med senior undergraduate student at UH Manoa, double majoring in biology and Ilocano studies. Um, I'm also president of the Timpuyo Ilocano Student Organization, an online math and science tutor, and I'm also conducting research on the impacts of the COVID-19 pandemic on Filipino communities on Oahu and Maui. Uh, my pronouns are he, him, and his. Um, I'm second generation uh, immigrant, born and raised on Maui. 
um, during quarantine, I was busy doing my, I was at home on Maui. I was busy um, doing my research with the minority health research training program remotely. Um, yeah. I heard about the COVID research and that's a really nice thing that you're doing, Ading, especially uh, with your generation today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're still looking um, to expand it as well because we were waiting a lot for just um, approval to conduct the research. So now we're actually um, collecting more data and just trying to um, expand our study. Mm-hmm. So excited and so excited to hear what the result has become. But... Yeah, thank you, Mana. <laughs> Sorry, I'm doing, I'm just like lost. I'm trying to. It's okay, Mana. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> I guess to start asking the general question again, um, are you, um, how many siblings do you have, Ading, and how was your upbringing like? I have uh, four siblings, um, one Manang and three Adings. Um, my upbringing, uh, I was born and raised on Maui, like I said earlier. Um, I have a large extended family, a lot of aunties, uncles, and cousins, and a lot of, most of them were born in the Philippines. And slowly, while I was growing up, um, they trickled in. They Im- started immigrating to Hawaii. And so going into that, just the culture part of it, I was surrounded a lot by the Locano language and culture and just immersed in it. Um, and yeah. And to a little bit add on to that, are both of your um, parents Ilocano? Yes, Manang. So um, my dad is okay. from... Ilocos Norte, San Nicolas. And my mom is actually from um, Mayanto, Tarlac. So outside of Ilocos, um, but there's still a Ilocano community. And that makes um, your mom is can speak Tagalog as well. Yes, mom, and both my parents can speak Tagalog. <laughs> so um, to continue on with the conversation, how was it like for you, um, who were well, who was born and raised in Maui, to move to Ho- to Hawaii and to as like what you mentioned, um, be fully immersed within the Ilocano culture and language. Mm-hmm. So being born and raised here, um, sometimes I felt I wasn't um Filipino enough, um, because um I was surrounded by all my family who is Ilocano and Tagalog speaking as well, and who um who is so, I want to say fresh, <laughs> so fresh. And, um, you know, they're so tied to their Ilocano roots, their Filipino roots. Um, so it was a question of identity. But um, when I was younger, my, my mom brought me and my sister, we, our family to the Philippines. And we, we visited her hometown in Tarlac. And we also went um, to Ilocos, around Ilocos as well. And I guess... During that time, when I was in middle school and we visited, that's when I sort of realized, like, oh, I'm, I'm different. Um, I don't really relate with all of this stuff, but, you know, I felt more pride in my Filipino identity and I wanted to learn more. That's nice to hear, Adi, and especially when you said when you went back home to the Philippines to visit your mom's hometown that um, you were able to have that self-actualization um, of your own identity, of your own cultural identity. 
just to add on that and um, to continue to expand on is that what was some things about the about your own Ilocano about the Ilocano culture and program that blew you away when the first time you uh, learned about it learn more about it mm -hmm. so the the Ilocano program I was set actually to take um, Tagalog first Filipino um, because I knew some Ilocano I wasn't confident enough to speak it yet and I I didn't really know how to form sentences but i knew phrases and i could understand when other people spoke sentences to me um so i thought that tagalog would learning tagalog would be better for me in my future career um but uh, a friend introduced me to the ilocano program and how i could get um placed and finish my language requirement faster so i did it initially for that to finish the language requirement faster um but after taking my first class i I just grew more passionate about learning the language and being connected with the culture. And uh, yeah, it was just something like, I didn't really know all of these things. You know, I grew up in an Ilocano house, a Filipino house, but I didn't know all of these things about our culture. I think something that really stands out to what you said, Adin, is that um, you said you knew many Ilocano phrases and words and that's why you wanted to take Tagalog first and that just um came into um I had a thing in my mind that most of the people that do take Tagalog classes most of them can speak Ilocano and I feel like they have the same um mindset as you did like I don't need to take Ilocano classes because I'm already familiar with the words but um that just kind of like connected something about how people may feel about like the language and like take, taking the classes. Yeah, so about that, like um, a lot of the things I learned was talking about that and how a lot of Ilocanos will actually hide that they can speak it and they'd rather speak Tagalog because, uh, um, because it is the national language of the Philippines, right? And uh, um, yeah, when learning something that really stuck out to me from Monung Dean in my Ilocano courses was that, and Monung Arielio, um, was that people will, when people will speak and resonate more with the language of their heart, which is usually their native tongue, their first language. And so that's kind of why it's important, like to me as a pre-med to learn Ilocano and to get better at speaking Ilocano so that I I can resonate with the large Ilocano community here when I, um, when I enter medicine. Especially because many of the people that are in hospital, the patients, there's a lot of Ilocano speaking patients and um, there's not a lot of translation being offered and interpreters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like my sister told me once, she's a nurse on Maui at the hospital and she told me how um, there was an Ilocano patient and they had, they needed someone to translate. Um, so they knew she knew she spoke Ilocano and she was nearby. So they just pulled her aside and asked her to translate for them. And I think just to um, kind of create a conversation within is that um, before and now, um, because before you did mention that um, 
when you didn't really knew Ilocano, you had that sort of disconnect. And now that um, you know the language and you're um, being comfortable in creating sentences and paragraphs and um, having to create adequate conversation with your grandmother and family, could you say that you feel a little bit more um, rooted and connected with our language? Yeah, definitely, Mana. What was the thing that really helped you um, stay focused and motivated to learn the language? What helped me to stay focused and motivated to learn the language? I guess it was um, being excited about being able to talk, having building the confidence and being able to talk to other people in Ilocano um, and not being shame about it. Um, that's what really got me like, oh yeah, I can, I can do this. This is a skill. Um, beyond being a skill, you know, it connects, it makes me feel more connected and more rooted. And I do feel like when I speak to my family and um, other people whose native tongue is Ilocano, I do feel more connected to them because otherwise it would be like, you know, I know that it's hard for a lot of like my family members to speak English. It's just harder for them. So um, yeah, it makes, it makes everyone feel a lot better when I... <laughs> no, it's okay, Adding. Um, there was some parts where I could barely hear what you said, but then um, I think um, to branch off what you said, um, especially um, because sometimes our family have a hard time speaking English, and um, I don't know if you relate to this, but do they ever um tell you that it's okay if um if you don't know how to, if you can't speak Ilocano to speak English to us? Did you ever felt um? experience that well for me because i grew up not really speaking ilocano and so it was mostly english um but i really didn't want to speak to them in ilocano until i could get more command of the language and so i guess i didn't really experience that or to um create um, another question amongst that is that do you think that we need to speak English um, in order to be intelligent? That's that's a really big topic, especially in our, our IP class, Yama. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, and I've, I've thought about a lot about that since um, starting the Ilocano in the Ilocano program because uh, there is that sense like uh, English is intelligence or uh-huh. even, you know, like I mentioned earlier, Tagalog over other Philippine languages means intelligence. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm kind of like biased there because I did study Ilocano. I am studying Ilocano and um, I don't know much Tagalog. So <laughs> sometimes I feel like an outsider that way. But um, I know that um, knowing Ilocano has connected me with my culture and my heritage and um especially since it's harder to get you know those ilocano resources outside of this program i know it's hard because um Mm -hmm. yeah it's hard to find them and so i know that i can learn tagalog or other filipino philippine culture outside too but um being able to you know in this in the unique program the unique ilocano studies program it's 
I've learned a lot from it. And it's okay, Adi. I know um the question that I asked like is do I need to speak English in order to be intelligent? Like that is a a working debate and discussion even as we um, go into <laughs> IP class together. I think we'll learn more about it. And I I like to ask that question is because um it's very debatable and I really lo- like to hear um what others have to say especially because um it's a It's a debate that has been going on for a generation and it's something that um we we need to um really address because because Philippines um when you think of Philippines um the language the top two languages that people know mm-hmm. is Tagalog and English and um yeah to uh, transition amongst that is that And I know that you briefly mentioned it, Adin, but I think as of now, how do you see yourself with your own cultural heritage? Um, as of now, I feel way more connected now that I've, um, I've, you know, taken all these courses with things that I can't learn outside, but also been able to apply it and see, see how it applies to my culture. To yeah, I just feel way more connected now. And um, especially because um, you had the opportunity to teach at a high school level with Ilocano, um, what was your um, favorite experience through taking the through teaching? Um, so that was just a one day teaching, actually, and my my topic really focused on that um, preserving Ilocano here in the diaspora. I guess um, my favorite part about it was that they were most of them were students. Um, taking Ilocano but they were from the Philippines um and you know I'm trying to get free college credit but you know they were interested in taking Ilocano which says a lot about um you know that they want to learn and that you know they've they talked about having the same experiences and learning more that they didn't know about and you know learning about the intricacies of Ilocano because there are a lot of loan words that we use um colloquially every day and but there are also Ilocano translations for those words that um, some of those students didn't know as well and especially because you have two addings um what is one advice that you would like to give them especially if when they grew when they grew um up? advice i would give my addings would be um you know they don't have to Actually, I really want them to learn, but um, you know, it's their own journeys. But I feel like they would have a lot of questions answered by studying, you know, Ilocano or Filipino culture and language, and you know, those are good things to learn to be able to know about your your history, about your family, to be able to understand it better. And you know, like that reading we had the other week in IP. Um, about Filipino Americans um, valuing more um, Philippine language and culture, you know, I just imagine that they're going to have that same identity crisis one day. But you know, just to know that there are there is places to to seek that out and to learn those things. 
And then to turn the tables is that, what is that one thing that you wish your manang told you um, before you started to learn Ilocano? I wish my manang would have... Okay, so... <laughs> um, actually, like, my mom... Growing up, my mom would try to speak to me in Ilocano, but I would understand. And after, like, I talked about my going visiting the Philippines in middle school, and after that, I really wanted to learn Ilocano, but she was just really hard on me. <laughs> I think um, it, it would have been good advice for my monang to just say, you know, just keep trying, just stick through it, um, because it is a valuable skill. And, you know, um, here I am today. If I didn't go to UH Mano, I wouldn't have had this opportunity. Um, yeah, so I think learning learning it from home especially is important too. And I think one of the things that I wanted to brush upon is um, the fact that you mentioned that learning from home is um, it's so important because it's it's truly um, different from learning mm -hmm. it in a classroom because people have different ways of teaching um, our language and yeah. And to transition is that I'm trying to remember the question adding, but then I'm like no worries, forgetting it. But it kind of it kind of connects to what we learned <laughs> what we learned last week in IP. But um, could you say that? Um, okay, so what are some things that you still want to learn more about um, our Filipino culture and language that you? are still trying to um, understand, especially, because there's so much about Filipino language and culture that we really need to continue to um, learn more about. Mm -hmm. um, honestly, I think a lot of my questions are geared towards our social sociolinguistics class, um, because it is so, you know, it's so, uh, there's so many topics with that and like um, why the heavier emphasis on English and Tagalog and like in our recent reading I think I was especially especially um, passionate about discussing was like uh, hello hello Adi hello I just lost you for one second but okay, you were sorry, back again my... Adi um, I, I lost my trail yes. of thought um, what I want to learn more, um, hmm. honestly, right now, like, I just... You said something about our last Yeah, language. oh, okay, so, uh, about how English and Tagalog are sure not to go extinct. Yeah, but um, regional languages, especially, like, Ilocano and Cebuano are the ones that are actually pushing for more for more smaller languages to go extinct, which I kind of, I kind of see, but like, I want to learn more about that, those kinds of things. And yeah, and language too, especially, I want to learn more languages. <laughs> I want to learn Tagalog and my grandma's from Pangasinan, so Pangasinan si, um, yeah.
I think it's just called Pangasinan. Pangasinanse is how okay, you call it. Okay, sorry. <laughs> That's what I've heard. I just learned, yeah. No, no, no. I just learned that too. Um, someone mentioned that to okay, me. Okay, because my grandma used to say Pangala. Um, but I think that's really. Yeah, that's that too. Um, Pangalatok and Pangasinan. Um, they're one of the languages, but they said Pangasinanse is how you refer okay. to the people. You know, like Ilocano and Ilocana. Something. I think that's different. <laughs> something better. Still learning about, but oh, the the Ilocano. But I think that's really valid point that you. Made. Yeah, I think that's really valid point that you made. Though adding like um, I think it's really through learning like the languages and like the learning the history within the socio linguistic aspect of it um that can really help us um understand more about. Our people and our history, because I think prior to just reading it, oral history is also one of the biggest things when it comes to learning and being connected with our culture. And I think we'll have a really great discussion <laughs> this class. <laughs> and to um, go on with that, adding is how do you? What does it mean? Okay, so before I ask this question, um, when you heard the word reclaim your Filipino identity, what was the first word that came to your, to you at first? And then I'll ask the follow up question for that. When I first heard the words reclaim our Filipino identity, well, not really a word, but um. Just the idea about Thanks. about like being Filipino American and um, yearning for that um, to define that Filipino identity. And then to you, what does it mean to reclaim our Filipino identity? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, re- to me, reclaiming our Filipino identity, I feel like I answered it a little. Um, yeah, about being being Filipino-American and uh, wanting, seeking out uh, um, defining your Filipino culture. And uh, yeah, just actively seeking that out and trying to define it, come to that um, point where you feel uh, like where you feel more comfortable with that, with being labeled as um, Filipino. And there was also like, I don't know, in relation to that too, there was also this article I saw recently too about um, this bar in New York, I think, or Washington, D.C. Oh, D.C. Um, you know, you know, right, Mana? Yeah, yeah. The yeah. I don't know, reading a lot of comments from there really got me passionate about or like it really got me heated, fired up because um it did talk a lot about they did argue a lot about um being a Filipino in the Philippines and how being a Filipino being Filipino American is two totally different things and yeah, like we talked about earlier, placing how we place our value, the value that we place on 
our identity. And now that you kind of get started on that, is that what is your opinion beside with the entire Bricada thing? Because it was one that was very heated last yeah. month. Yeah. <laughs> um, my opinion. <laughs> oh my gosh, people better not come for me. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> I, know, I I do see both sides kind of, but you know, um, one of the arguments that I read about was how, um, in the Philippines they, how um people were defining it as cultural appropriation, but um Filipinos in the Philippines were saying you know, oh we use English Spanish language all the time in the Philippines, um. And why is it why is it so important to you guys that? Um, that you're kind of like claiming this as Filipino and no one else can use it. Um, which I think uh, I would have thought that um, I agreed with some other arguments seeing how if they need, if they used a Filipino word, they should have at least um, paid homage in some way to the Filipino culture and not just um, utilize the word for aesthetic. That's how I kind of felt they, they used it at first for aesthetic. I think you pretty much said it there. Um, it takes a lot of like seeing both sides and being able to also do your research when it comes to those things. Like the first thing I thought of when I saw that article and then when I saw this entire thing going on is that um, what is the context with the word barcada? And because I think in each and every culture out there, everything has been culturally appropriated appropriated and like what you mentioned adding like um if they if they um if using the word also um it it's part of um the colonial mm -hmm. mindset also and that's why it's a very heated argument and if there was actually a context behind why they were using it i think that would have um better help but i think this is a really great um conversation to open up especially because um cultural appropriation is not a new thing um it's been used a lot and i think that like what you mentioned and like what we have been discussing that um language is a really big part and if you only see one side of things um, it's not going to help you um see the pick the clearer picture But yeah, thank you. But I appreciate for um your your opinion on that adding and uh, no worry, you won't get um called out. So with that said, um if you could write yourself a letter to your twelve year old self, especially, and you could like time travel and give it to your twelve year old self, what would you tell your 12 year old self about your own cultural identity? Um, I would tell myself that my cultural identity, that I'm still developing my cultural identity and I'll have to seek it out myself, um, which I thought a lot of back then because, uh, um, you know, being born in Hawaii, it was, like I said before, like it was, it was kind of confusing. Like I didn't know what it meant to be Filipino. I didn't know, um, I didn't know about my 
my race and my ethnic identity. Um, but I would tell myself, you know, just to um, keep seeking out um, these answers and keep looking for them um, and actively looking for them because, you know, like I said earlier, how Ilocano just kind of, it just kind of aligned. Um, but it would, I would tell myself to actively seek it out because it is such an important part of developing who you are. And I like how you mentioned the part when you said um, being born in Hawaii is very different because I think we kind of speak on the same level and that is because you know how Hawaii is a mix of different mm -hmm. race and ethnic backgrounds. And sometimes um, it's so heavenly mixed that you kind of forget that, oh, there's different races because we have a lot of representation. Mm -hmm. I guess it could be a good thing sometimes too, but yeah, um, like I said, it was like a bit confusing because I would be in school learning Hawaiian. Um, then we'd have days where we talk about different cultures and I'd be um, learning about foods from all over the world and eating them, trying them, um, which would be the good part. But then, you know, um, being confused about my identity and um, what my own identity is too. Um, that was the confusing part. And now that um, you're a four-year undergrad student, um, you went through Ilocano, the course in language. Could you say that you found a little bit peace in your um, identity? I know that there's still more to learn out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely think I'm on the right track. Like, uh, um, yeah, it was so, I became so passionate about learning Ilocano language and culture and about my identity that um, it brought me to the program. And now I'm able to like, yeah, it definitely brought me more peace. And especially that I know that I'll be able to utilize um, this understanding and my language abilities to um, serve my community in my future career because um, that's something that's important to me because like seeing how my own family struggles with language barriers with their healthcare access, um, I'm able to know now that, um, or it's more of my goal now to be able to bridge those linguistic and cultural barriers. And so I'm really happy that I found the program. And that's a really good transition to my next question is where and how do you see yourself in the next 10 years? In the next 10 years, I see myself hopefully um, finished with medical training out of med school and um, all my training hopefully and practicing medicine on Maui and serving the Ilocano community, um, you know, with language, bridging those linguistic and cultural barriers, and also, um, you know, trying to find ways to preserve Ilocano um, for youth, especially, because I know that on Oahu, there's so many opportunities, but, um, and it was such a blessing to find these opportunities here on Oahu, but we don't have, like, the Ilo like Ilocano program, Ilocano courses, um, any Ilocano clubs, on Maui and so uh, you know I'd want to advocate for more of that 
on my home island. And I can see yourself doing that, especially because you mentioned that you also are in up are the president <laughs> for Temple Youth, and with <laughs> and with that to kind of like connect them to get to bridge them together is that what is your what is your hopes and aspiration as you finish within this year, especially because you are nearing your end of your college undergrad? Mm -hmm. My hopes and aspirations, I guess in the short run right now, is to um, try and continue on my path in trying to go to medical school and trying to um, study so that I'm able to fulfill that, that career goal. And also, um, yeah, just continuing because I'm done with the language classes now, <laughs> just continuing to um, develop my proficiency and uh, um, actually use it so that hopefully, so that I won't lose it in the future. And uh, yeah, I've, I hope to learn more languages as well and just to continue on that journey too. And if imagine if you were in a TED Talk and you would have to give a speech in front of many different young generation out there, what would be your oh, advice? No. <laughs> Public speaking. Um, <laughs> my advice to um, to most of the to youth would be I guess not very much different from what I said earlier about like um, actively seeking those opportunities to um, learn more about your your heritage. And for those who are multilingual, you know, I would say use it and try to um, keep those skills because they will be important and you will come across, you will need to use it one day. And so it's important to remember that English is good to learn, but um, yeah, but not to forget those other languages because um, they might be the ones that, you know, will connect you to um, who you are and uh, they may connect you with other people, help you connect with other people um, on a deeper level as well. Very well said in, and something that you really brought up that's a really good mark is that it's okay to know English but at the same time don't forget the other languages out there too because it's all those different languages that will slowly connect you to meet who you are and also help me help helps you meet other people with the same mind like mind like-minded mindset as you are and with that said that concludes all the general questions and now we'll be transitioning into the more question which is to end the podcast is what is your favorite food and dish and what is your uh, favorite Filipino catchphrase or word that you would like to teach the rest of us? So, mm -hmm. My favorite Filipino dish would be, <laughs> um, I would say pinapaitan. Amam de tamanang. Yeah, pinapaitan, but a lot of my family doesn't, doesn't like it. 
<laughs> Except for my uncles, and I love when they cook them. I had a lot when I went home, but I've been missing it since I came to Oahu. <laughs> and then um, Filipino Fraser word, it would be in Ilocano. Um, when I thought about this, I I really resonate with, um, I think, okay, I hope this is right, but it's num. And that's that's hope, right, Mana? Yes, right, Adi. Yes, yes. I I really like that word. It just sounds. Right, that's hope, Adi. It's really poetic to me. I don't know. <laughs> and I think maybe to challenge you a little bit more is like, what is that one sentence that can come into your mind that says that has that word nam nama or hope? Um. Well, that yeah, that's a big challenge. <laughs> Um, you wrote all those paragraphs in Ilocano for all I know, Annie. but that was such a long time ago. Um, gosh. Um, <laughs> wait, let me let me think about it. I want to say like something like "Don't lose hope," Hanmonga. Something like that. Okay, I haven't used Ilocon in a while. <laughs> I think I can I can kind of help bridge. Hangko unay maawanan sinom namat tayo si see when you don't use the yes, language. Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> No, no worry, adding. I will edit this out because I know Manung didn't listen to this. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> uh, we'll think then. Um. Uh. What is um? Oh. What I know, nakaro tisip ngat itibiyag mo han ka amawanan itinamnama. Something like that. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. That kind of ties in with everything that we talked about adding, and it's that don't don't lose hope to the next generation because um, we're building our future, and it's leaders like us who are learning and preserving the language that will um, help create this bridge between the different divides that's been coming within our uh, gen uh, within the older generation. Yeah, thank you Adin for your time and stop it. Hey guys, thank you guys for listening and hearing Danny as he shares his personal narrative of what it means to 
the Filipino. And something that I uh, I took away from our conversation is his passion in language policy, especially because uh, we both have the same class. Uh, we're both taking Philippine social linguistics and. It's really funny because every single time that we have class, his questions always get chosen on the discussion. So I'm just like very like, wow, like you have a really critical, analytical perspective on how you see things. Sorry. But what he mentioned um, during the conversation about how do you see yourself within your cultural heritage and how he mentioned that it not only has threatened his own sense of self but it gave him a greater pride to to be Ilocano and to also be Filipino-American and I think really one of the biggest thing within our own identity and Is it can be interpreted in so many different ways. A lot of people can identify with their own Filipino identity through music, through arts, through politics, through different things. And just for Danny in particular, I kind of wanted to highlight how he identified with the language and having that taking that initiative and that step through really learning the conjugation the the way the language is and as he is still learning <laughs> to this day about like our own language and how it is so crucial to learn it and yeah that's something that's very something I will take away when I had that conversation with Danny and wanted to impose this question on you guys is when it comes to learning the language learning our learning your mother tongue especially how how have you been trying to and if you've been trying to how has it been because um because i feel like when it comes to learning the philippine language it really starts in digging deep and under and like doing that ethnographic work of knowing our past which is knowing our family and like taking the time to like retrace retrace our steps like where did my family came from um did my family came from ilocos okay ilocos okay that means ilocos ilocano or did my family came from the southern part of the Philippines and then you can trace back like what languages was spoken in that area there's so many there's so much that like there's so much I can say and at the same time um, there's so much about language that really like deepens our fascination about it and I think like with this episode and like I can I feel like uh, if you guys want to ask this for our IG live with Danny uh, soon you can ask him about like his his experience with learning Ilocano and same way if you if you also wanted to share uh, feel free to leave us a voice message on Anchor FM and we'll 
put you on the podcast and that's something that i i decided to do things different for this season is having more of that interaction when it comes to uh our narratives so if you're from hawaii and you're also learning the language uh, it doesn't have to be ilocano it can be like tagalog or pangasinan or cebuano bisaya and you're in hawaii and you're learning and you just want to share your experience feel free to uh leave us a voice message on anchor.fm it will be on our show notes and and tell us experience and that's it thank you guys for listening to today's podcast i look forward for the next episode and for you guys to hear the next one so bye